Our first message this afternoon is brought to us by Mr. David Hope. Its title is A Thief in the Night. Good afternoon, everyone. Good to see our visitors here. Some I know, some of them I don't know, some of them we haven't seen so long, we almost forgot. <laughs> no, we won't, but anyway, uh, happy Feast of Trumpets to all of you. If I sound a little bit nervous, it's because of what uh, our song leader said a while ago in our meeting back there. He said, I guess you know what that's going to play out like. He said, behind you, thief in the night, David Hope. <laughs> so I... I don't know how I'm going to talk my way out of that. I, I felt pretty good until Mr. Cobb mentioned that. Anyway, maybe some of you will know different. To those of us that have been in the churches of God for a while, the Feast of Trumpets basically means the return of Christ. And of course, it has several meanings to go along with that, or several offshoots, things that we could talk about. And some of them we have, and some of them we probably will today. But uh, one, Jesus is coming as a great warrior and conqueror. Jesus will preempt the total destruction of all flesh, which I gave a message last year, the uh, destruction, you know, preempted. You know, if Jesus didn't come back or doesn't come back, we'll destroy all human beings, all flesh. The dead in Christ will be resurrected to eternal life, you know, spirit beings. The living Christians, hopefully that's part of us, or all of us, living Christians will be changed into spirit beings and live forever. Jesus will establish his kingdom on earth, and of course we could mention a few other things. But today I want to talk, I want to view the Feast of Trumpets in the light of, a little different than that, but in the light of, are we ready? And most of you, if you're familiar with uh, Matthew 24 and Luke and some other places where we refer to the, uh, or call it the Olivet Prophecy, they asked Jesus, what be the sign of your coming and all that, you know, and then he goes in and tells them, tells them, I'm not going to read all of it today, most of you have heard it before, but for time's sake, I'm going to break in, and he just gave all of the signs, you know, wars, rumors of wars, famine, blah, 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 and everything, all this stuff. But and if you turn with me to Matthew 24, and I didn't give uh, my card. To, Brian, do you need my card? I can get that over. I'm sorry, I apologize. On the holy days, I really get rattled, and uh, I thought I was doing real well. But anyway, Matthew 24 and verse 42 and if you need it, my wife can get it inside of my briefcase. It's stapled, uh, not stapled, but paper clipped up inside. You might hand that to him, friend, if you will. I appreciate it. That's another way that your wives are good for you. They help you, in, you know, help you out of a mess. But anyway, Matthew 24, verse 42 through 44. Watch, therefore. For you know not what hour your Lord does come. But know this, that if the bridegroom of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. So Jesus is saying, 
Therefore, be you also ready. For in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man comes. And in the news here lately, this past few days, a lot of you uh, are familiar with what happened down, what, around the Tahlequah area, where five college students, young students, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old, something like that, were going to celebrate a birthday party with one of their friends. They were going out, I don't know where they were going, but their, the, where they had their accident was on a road that had a real sharp curve on it, and they went off the road and went into the river and uh, died, all five of them. So in them, Jesus has already come in a sense. You know, Jesus has already come. You know, he hasn't come in body and spirit, but to them, he's already come. And to some of our friends, in reality, Jesus has already come. Go with me now. Brandon, did you get him that card? Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Anybody wants to see a, what a good wife looks like, look, look at mine. And I'll get the best cherry cobbler tomorrow. <laughs> no, I really won't because uh, she's putting me on a strict diet or, or, or a better diet. And, and actually, that's, that's better for me because it takes... Anyway, First Thessalonians 4, verse 13 through 18, start off with. Oh, I got that criminal off the back now. But I will not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others sorrow which have no hope. Now, even if one of our children happened to be one of those children that, that died on the weekend, we would be sorrowful. We would be sad. But we wouldn't sorrow like some people might in the fact that we know that they have a future ahead of them. We know that we will see them again. But some people don't realize that. Some people have the idea that, well, they didn't know the Lord yet, so they're probably going to be in hell. Some people think they're there already right now. And they're going to spend the, get a head start on us. Some people think they're going to be there later. But anyway, we know the difference. We, and I'm not going into that subject today. But we, we have hope that when, they, when Jesus comes that the Christians will be resurrected. Verse 14, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, I think we all believe that. Basically, we probably wouldn't be here if we didn't. Even so, them also which sleep in Jesus, you know, real Christians, will God bring with him. And we're looking at that basically uh, as a part of the uh, Feast of Trumpets. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or should be perceived, should go before them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trump of God, here's the trump mentioned again, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And what a day that'll be for a lot of us right here that, you know, uh, I can't mention all of them, but I'll mention a few of them, you know, some of our old-timers, old patriarchs, you know, Roger and Jane Houseman, uh, you know, Jeanette McMurray and Shan Chantel's father and brother will be here. You know, they were both Christians, and, they, and uh, Lucille has her son, Mike, 
you know, that was baptized, and, and uh, we were looking forward to see him, and on and on and on. There's a lot of people that were, were going to be looking forward to seeing. Verse 17, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet with the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And if some, some organizations, some churches, they, they put off there, okay, that proves you're going to be in heaven. We're going to be in heaven all the time. But most of the time, we in our persuasion, we will go ahead and go on over to Zechariah 14th chapter and read the whole chapter and, and show where uh, we're going to be on earth, Jesus is going to be on earth, the Mount of Olives, and, and uh, you know, and... and Feast of Tabernacles be done and all that. So anyway, that's where we would normally go. We're not going there now. Uh, verse 18. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I'm going to go ahead and continue on a little bit over into the next chapter. And even though it's a chapter break, the, the content is still the same. And, and uh, I'll go from... Uh, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5. Well, actually, I'll probably go through the whole... Uh, whole chapter but of the times and seasons brethren you have no need that I write unto you for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night so here, here, here again is that little key word thief in the night for when they shall say peace and safety then sudden destruction comes upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, you and me, all of us, are not in darkness. That day should, that that day should overtake you as a thief. So it should not take us as a thief. We should be awake. Verse 5. You are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. So here's a proactive thing that we've been talking about uh, in times past. We need to be proactive. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day, you know, hopefully we are, be sober, be sober-minded, putting on the breastplate of faith. And where we heard some of this stuff, you know, we, are we familiar with putting on the whole armor of God? You know, where's that, uh, Galatians 5, or where is that? My daughter, granddaughter, ought know that. She had, anyway, the, putting on the breastplate of faith and love. And for a helmet, the hope of salvation, you know, part of the uh, armor of God. We need to be doing that, putting it on. And if, you're, if you want to study into that and remind yourself, go back and look that up. For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another. And that's one of the things that we do. And we come here together as a church, you know. Uh, uh, the writer of Hebrews said, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, as the manner of some is. We need, and we had messages uh, just recently, I think Matthew or one of our men mentioned here recently, why we need to be here together. We need one another. 
to edify one another. You don't have to do it from up here. You women can do that for one another. Uh, we men can do that. We don't have to be in a ministry to do that. We can edify one another with meekness and kindness, of course. Edify one another, even as also you do and we do. Verse 12, and we beseech you, brethren, to know them that labor among you, and, and not even, not only just the ministry and all the others, but although we need to know one another, and admonish you, and esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. How important is it is that we to be in peace, because we know Satan wanting to divide God's people. Verse 14, now we exhort you, brethren, Warn them that are unruly. And, you know, that's even us. You know, we need to caution one another when we see each other, you know, kind of slipping up. You know, and especially if they're friends of ours, it's a lot easier to do it if they're friends. It, um, but anyway, warn them that are unruly. Comfort the feeble-minded. Support the weak. Be patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man. But ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. And those of you who were here, here a few weeks ago when uh, a message was given about your toolbox, you know, the spiritual toolbox. Prayer was one of the tools in our uh, toolbox that the church taught for years. You know, we need to have the, the prayer and the personal Bible study and the meditation and the fasting. Pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ concerning you. Quench not the spirit. That is possible, but if we're diligent, we will not quench the spirit. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Here's another one of the tools that we mentioned in the uh, spiritual toolbox here a while back, you know, that, that helps us spiritually. Personal Bible study. That's one way that you prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. You know, some things may not necessarily be bad in itself, but it may look bad. And if it is, you know, uh, the writer is telling us, Paul is telling us to abstain even if it looks bad. You know, do your best to abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ on the Feast of Trumpets. I'm not saying he's coming on that day, I don't know, but that's what we're representing. Verse 24, faithful is he that had called you, who also will do it. Another scripture says that, if we're willing to try, Jesus will finish the work that he started with each of us. I have just a few scriptures remaining, not too many of them. Even what I do have, it's not real long. And, you know, this is not profound, but uh, the rest of the scriptures I'm using is from the last book of the Bible. You know, all the way back to the back. Revelation, the very last book. You look in Revelation, third chapter, verse 11 through 13. Behold, I come quickly. You know, like we mentioned a while ago, he came very quickly to a young bunch of uh, fun-loving teenagers, young college students. Behold, I come quickly. 
hold that fast which you have, that no man take your crown. Don't get involved in anything, you know, that's going to take us away from our time with, with our God and our family and our church and Jesus Christ. Him that overcomes will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. So it's not going to be in heaven. It's going to be down here. New heaven is going to be here from God. And I will write upon him my new name. He that has an ear, or she, or we, that has an ear, let us hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And he's talking primarily in this context to the churches, uh, the seven churches there in, in Asia Minor. But I've, I'll say whatever Paul, Peter, John, the rest of them say to all of the churches that we have writings to, that we hear what the Spirit says to those churches also. And, uh, of course, in some of the uh, writers said, I want these words repeated. Uh, in fact, it may be even in this book, uh, uh, repeated to the, to the rest of the church. If they're not here on the Sabbath when you read it. You know, I want them to hear it too. Revelation, the 22nd chapter. Very last chapter in the Bible. Last chapter in the Bible is Revelation 22. Three times it's mentioned. Behold, verse 7, 22 verse 7, Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keeps the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Revelation 22, verse 12. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. Revelation 22, verse 20 through 21. The last two verses of the Bible. He which testifies these things says, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And I'll say in conclusion, and I'll, I'll say you, but I mean me and us also, but when you're in the middle of doing something, when we're in the middle of doing something, I'm in the middle of doing something, that we know Jesus and God disapproves of, ask yourself, and I need to ask myself this question. If I should die right now, or very soon, will I be ready to meet Jesus? 